You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the Queen of England is back and now saying goodbye to her general and a South New Jersey high school is facing criminal investigation into a football hazing incident. Here's your national news recap for the week of November 14th. trial is set for January for the former North Texas police officer accused of killing a black woman inside her home. A judge told Aaron Dean when he'd face the jury Tuesday, although a change in venue motion is expected. Fort Worth police body camera footage appears to show Dean shoot Adelina Jefferson through the backyard window in October 2019. Dean and other officers went to Jefferson's home after a neighbor had reported the front door was open. The Sonoma County Sheriff's Office has begun an investigation following the death of a man after being taken into custody by Santa Rosa Police early Thursday morning. The man had been arrested after officers responded to a call of gunshots in the area of Peach Court around 1.20 a.m. Police say the man was agitated and continued to resist arrest even after the officer deployed a stun gun. Later, according to police, after being handcuffed, the man suffered a medical emergency and died later in the hospital. His name and age have not been released. An elderly woman is in critical condition after a hit-and-run incident in Jersey City Wednesday night. Cops say the Jersey City resident was struck while crossing John F. Kennedy Boulevard near Harrison Avenue shortly before 7.30 p.m. The driver who struck the woman fled the scene in a dark red sedan. Anyone with information is being asked to contact the office of Hudson County Prosecutor. A hawk broke through the window at Gonzaga University in Washington. It happened Wednesday at College Hall. The Cooper's hawk didn't appear to be hurt. A school security officer used a blanket to cover the hawk and carry it outside. The hawk was strong and energetic. They released the animal and it flew away. Charges of driving under the influence and reckless driving have been filed against a Riverview man who won a seat on the Michigan City Council earlier this month. Councilman-elect Dave Robbins allegedly was impaired and speeding near Front Street and Voight Avenue when he slammed into a tree in the median of the road. Robbins allegedly left the scene on foot after the crash. The incident happened less than 24 hours after he won his city council race. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation says 3-year-old Noah Clare and 16-year-old Amber Clare, both missing since earlier this month, have been found safe in San Clemente, California. Jacob Clare, who reportedly took his son and niece, is now in custody. The three were found Thursday. Jacob Clare had a warrant out for his arrest for especially aggravated kidnapping. A student walkout is happening at a Southwest Houston high school. Madison High students left class Thursday morning in protest of an apparent recording of football coaches using sexually explicit language in front of players. There were also complaints about school leadership not doing enough to stop fighting on campus. Houston ISD and school officials haven't commented on the walkout. Fire crews in Des Moines are investigating what started a fire on the east side Thursday morning. Firefighters were called to the non-residential building at East 23rd Street and Capitol Avenue just after 4 a.m. 
Once the fire was put out, crews saw that part of the building had collapsed. No one was hurt in the fire. A Michigan lawyer for a former trash company owner, Chuck Rizzo, has been convicted on three federal charges as part of a corruption investigation in Metro Detroit. Jay Schwartz was found guilty of two counts of bribery and one bribery conspiracy count in the U.S. District Court. The case stems from an investigation of bribery involving former Clinton Township trustee Dean Reynolds and Rizzo, who was looking to extend his trash hauling contract with the township. Schwartz also represented Reynolds during his divorce and gave over $56,000 of free legal help. Iowa is joining a national investigation into Instagram and its possible effects on children and young adults. A bipartisan group of attorney generals are looking into possible consumer protection law violations. Part of the investigation will look into how algorithms capture the attention of children and how content affects their physical, emotional, and mental health well-being. OSHA is putting a halt to the new vaccine mandate for large companies. The agency recently announced it will stop implementing and enforcing the Biden administration rule after a federal appeals court temporarily halted the mandate. The court cited serious statutory and constitutional issues. The rule requires businesses with more than 100 employees to either mandate COVID vaccines or require regular testing. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. Hello, it's Ram with your week's politics for the Rowan Report. In a direct update to a story from last week, on the 17th, the House did indeed vote to censure Arizona Representative Paul Gosar for sharing an edited video depicting him striking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with a sword, citing that such behavior was a clear threat to life and would not be tolerated in any other workplace. The votes were largely along party lines and only two Republicans broke rank. The censure resolution states that depictions of violence can foment actual violence and jeopardize the safety of elected officials, citing the January 6th attack on the US Capitol as an example. A divided House finally, on the 18th, launched debate on the large Democratic Human Infrastructure Bill, with party leaders hoping that cost estimates expected from Congress' top fiscal analyst would nail down moderate lawmakers' votes and allow passage by the end of the week. They can afford to lose no more than three votes to succeed in the House and have zero votes to lose in the 50-50 Senate. The inability to pass this bill has remained a shadow that looms over Democrats, reflected in state election results, falling approval ratings for President Biden, and general apathy. Attorney General Garland announced on the 18th that the Justice Department was putting forward $139 million to hire 1,066 new officers nationally in an aim to shift towards more community-oriented policing to reduce crime. The grant awards come as the police departments across the nation have been facing budget restrictions, ballooning costs from the pandemic, and national public pressure to reduce police funding in favor of spending more on social services. Additionally, these agencies have also experienced a wave of retirements and departures and are struggling to recruit more police officers since the murder of George Floyd last year. North Carolina Representative Butterfield announced on the 18th that he would not pursue re-election, dealing another blow to Democrats seeking to retain a House majority next year with what's expected to be North Carolina's closest congressional race. This comes to the backdrop of tense and disputed congressional district boundary redrawing by state Republicans as well as the fact that Butterfield is the 15th House Democrat to indicate not seeking re-election in 2022. The pileup of retirement is a foreboding sign for Democrats, underscoring the reality that party that wins the White House typically loses congressional seats in the following midterm elections in a race that's already looking grim. 
the Biden administration is planning to distribute aid for winter heating and utility bills, an unprecedented sum that comes largely from its $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. The package provides an additional $4.5 billion to the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, which typically receives $3 to $4 billion annually. And with that, I've been Ram with your politics for the Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Britain's Queen Elizabeth is entering the public eye once again after missing a remembrance Sunday service over the weekend. Buckingham Palace says the Queen held her first engagement Wednesday after a back sprain kept her from attending the ceremony. Her Majesty received General Sir Nicholas Center upon relinquishing his appointment as Chief of Defence Staff. The 95-year-old monarch was photographed greeting the outgoing general at Windsor Castle. Queen Elizabeth shook General Carter's hand and noted it was rather sad he was stepping down. Flooding in western Canada is turning deadly. One person died as cars were swept off the highway in Pemberton, British Columbia. That's about 100 miles northeast of Vancouver. Meanwhile, rail routes to the largest port in Vancouver have been cut off due to torrential rains. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he spoke with the Premier of British Columbia yesterday. He pledged the Canadian government will be there to help those who are affected by the providence. Jewel thieves accused of stealing $35 million worth of luxury goods are behind bars. The gang of thieves targeted the homes of British celebrities like, like Formula One heiress Tamara Elkstone. Police describe the crimes as highest value series of residential burglaries in the UK history. The trio from Milan, Italy, were sentenced after being convicted at an earlier hearing. Russia is dismissing U.S. claims that a recent missile strike is threatening the ISS crew. U.S. officials have confirmed that Russia conducted an anti-satellite test on Monday and created thousands of pieces of space debris when it destroyed a Russian satellite with a missile. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken called the test dangerous and irresponsible. Russian's Roskimos Space Agency released a statement claiming their main priority is the unconditional safety of the ISS crew. It said that their automated warning system was monitoring the situation in order to prevent and counter all possible threats to the space station. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is on the first leg of a five-day tour of Africa. Blinken met with Kenya officials in Norby on Wednesday. His visit is designed to demonstrate the Biden administration's support for Africa as a number of nations are facing the pandemic and civil violence. Blinken said one of the first orders of the business would be to reinstate Sudan's civilian president following a military takeover last month. From Kenya, Blinken will travel to Nigeria and single before returning to the U.S. later this week. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. The athletic director at Wall High School is suspended as the probe continues into a hazing scandal. Tom Rydow has been placed on administrative leave, joining three coaches who've also been suspended. This follows an outcry and demand for action following the release of a disturbing video that shows six football team members, one holding a broom handle, attacking a younger player in a locker room. It's triggered a criminal investigation and cancellation of the remainder of the school's football season. Concerns are growing after someone found some vials at a lab in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania that were labeled smallpox. 
NBC10 reports a lab worker discovered the frozen vials recently at the Merck Upper Gwinnett facility. Officials say the worker was wearing gloves and a mask as they were cleaning out the freezer when they made the discovery. According to the CDC, smallpox spread in the 70s, killing 3 out of every 10 people who contracted the disease until it was eradicated worldwide by 1980. There is no official word on why the vials were at the facility. Authorities in Southern Maryland are going to new heights to catch vehicles that illegally pass stop buses. Bus patrol began in Charles County, and nearly 400 cameras were placed on school buses to catch drivers in the act. For the first 60 days, violators will receive a warning in the mail. Then on January 17th, citations of up to $250 will be issued to folks that bypass a stopped bus. Authorities are hoping this will help prevent serious accidents while keeping their young people safe. State officials are investing more than a million dollars to help bring more electric vehicle charging stations to Delaware. The Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Control recently announced the funding to entice businesses to install the stations where access to fast charging stations are limited. Officials plan to award one to three grants with the funding. Hopes are that this will help get more Delawareans to purchase electric vehicles, which also improves air quality. Multiple agencies are investigating an attack on a group of students on a SEPTA train. It's all stemming from an incident on the Broad Street line. Video emerged on social media of multiple teenagers brutally attacking students that appear to be of Asian or Asian American descent. There's no official word yet on what provoked the attack at this time. SEPTA police, Philadelphia police, and school administration are among those looking into the incident. Authorities are working to identify the suspects before making any arrests. Several police officers are cleared in connection with a deadly 2019 shooting at a kosher market in Jersey City. The state attorney general's office says a grand jury has voted no bill against cops who shot and killed two armed suspects in an anti-Semitic attack at J.C. Kosher Supermarket. That means they found the actions of the officers justified after they shot and killed David Anderson and Francine Graham in December 2019. It came after the pair murdered a police detective at a nearby cemetery and then shot and killed three people at the kosher food shop. During a three-hour gun battle, two cops were wounded. Philadelphia homicide detectives are offering $20,000 for information regarding a Nicetown deadly fire. Authorities say a man intentionally set a home on fire along West Jerome Street recently. Two people were inside the home and were unable to fight through their injuries. Police have uploaded images of the suspect on their Twitter page and website, and detectives are asking anyone with information regarding this incident to please come forward. One Maryland resident is in isolation after being diagnosed with monkeypox. According to the Maryland Department of Health, the individual had just returned from Nigeria. Monkeypox is quite similar to smallpox, but it normally causes a milder infection, and it can easily spread through skin lesions or bodily fluids. Health officials say most infections can last anywhere between two to four weeks. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with the Rowan News. A Princeton review in partnership with the Entrepreneur Magazine announced a study on November 16th naming Rowan University's undergraduate entrepreneurship program among the best in the U.S. The study which placed the program among the top 50 undergraduate offerings nationwide out of more than 300 considered also cited Rowan entrepreneurship curriculum among the top 12 in the Northeast. The Princeton Review's top schools for entrepreneur 2022 includes programs at just two Garden State schools, Rowan and the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Regionally, others make the list, including programs at the University of Maryland, College Park, Drexel University, the University of Delaware, and the University of Connecticut. William G. Rohr, College of Business, 
Dean Susan Leatherman said Roman's success in teaching and inspiring entrepreneurs stems in large part from the interdisciplinary approach. I'm Cry Bennett with the Roman News. That does it for the first half of the Roman Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan your news from around the Rowan University sports world. Starting off with the Rowan University football team. Their season concluded Friday night underneath the lights in Ewing, New Jersey. The Profs ended the season on a high note, taking down the Lions of TCNJ by a final score of 35-21 after the Rowan offense erupted, with Mike Husney completing passes at will to John Maldonado and Terry Carlstrom as the leading receivers on the night. The game started off as a close contest with Rowan ahead just one touchdown at halftime as they entered the second half with a score of 21-14. to Rowan would add on to the 21 first-half points twice, scoring two touchdowns in the third quarter alone, just 10 minutes apart from each other. While TCNJ would not reach the end zone again until 9 minutes and 28 seconds left in the fourth quarter, accumulating for their only second-half touchdown on the night. Mike Husney tallied two rushing touchdowns and one passing touchdown on the night, while running backs James Farah and Ifriki Andy each accumulated one touchdown. John Maldonado also tallied one touchdown reception, contributing his fair share on the evening. The Profs will look to continue their success next season as quarterback Mike Husney and leading wide receiver John Maldonado have confirmed they will be returning next season and are extremely excited to see how they can get the young Rowan football commits involved. Moving on to Rowan men's soccer. After claiming their spot in the NCAA playoffs, directly after being defeated in the NJAC championship by Kane University, the Profs defeated Mount St. Vincent in the first round of the NCAA playoffs by a final score of 2-0 behind Jay Vandermark and Turlow Gartland goals. The Profs would then face Christopher Newport University in the second round, who would defeat the Profs by a final score of 1-0 behind a Tanner Dale goal in the 78th minute of the contest, subsequently ending the men's soccer team's season. The Profs' men's and women's soccer teams both had storybook seasons coming up just short. Here at Rowan Radio, we would formally like to say congratulations to all of your accomplishments, and we wish you nothing but the same luck and success next year. And finally, switching things over to Rowan University basketball. The men's basketball team is undefeated on the season after taking down Coast Guard Messiah University and Marymount University in that order. The Profs defeated Coast Guard 111-83, Messiah University 111-89, and Marymount University 119-108 this past Wednesday. The Profs will take their momentum to the campus of TCNJ on Tuesday, November 23rd, as they get set to take on the Lions at 8 p.m. Joining the men's basketball team in Ewing, New Jersey for the Rowan doubleheader will be the 1-2 women's basketball team, as they will look to turn their season around early after mounting a terrific comeback versus the Widener University Pride Wednesday night. They defeated them by a final score of 82-72. The women's basketball team will take on their Lions opponent at 6 p.m. directly before the men's game. The Lion women's basketball team is currently 0-3 after dropping games to South Virginia University, New Paltz University, and Stevens Institute of Technology, shaping up for what should be an easy win for the profs. This has been Danny Ryan with your news from around the Rowan University sports world right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. <music> Hi, I'm Katie Key with your Rowan Report Business Update. CVS is it'll close 900 stores over the next three years. 
This move comes as CVS adjusts to shoppers who are buying more online. The drugstore chain said it will instead focus on digital growth and changing over its remaining stores to healthcare destinations. Store closures will begin in the spring of next year. The Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas has begun to search for a new president to replace Robert Kaplan. Kaplan resigned last month after a scandal over his personal financial transactions. The Dallas Fed's non-bank directors are leading the search and have hired executive search firm Egon Zender to help recruit candidates. Kaplan and Boston Fed President Eric Rosegreen came under fire after it was revealed they made extensive personal trades during the height of the pandemic crisis. Bill Gates' nuclear design startup is aiming to build its first demonstration reactor in a Wyoming coal town. TerraPower announced Wednesday it plans to build the plant in Kimmerer, Wyoming by 2028. The project will employ 2,000 construction workers at its peak and provide clean energy jobs in a region dominated by the coal and natural gas industry. A local power plant, a coal mine, and a natural gas processing plant currently provide more than 400 jobs in the town of 3,000 two hours northeast of Salt Lake City. The richest dog in the world is selling his Miami estate for nearly $32 million. The German shepherd named Gunter VI is working close to half a billion dollars and inherited the mansion and grounds on Biscayne Bay from his grandfather, Gunter IV, who brought it from Madonna more than 20 years ago. Gunter IV came into a trust now valued at nearly $500 million when the late German contest Carlotta Liebenstein died in 1992. Gunther's human handlers have invested his fortune in mansions and villas, publishing sports teams and nightclubs all around the world. I'm Kaden Key, and that was your business news report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Page Six is confirming SNL's Pete Davidson is dating reality superstar Kim Kardashian. News that the 28-year-old Staten Island native and 41-year-old Kardashian are officially dating comes after the pair were seen on several dates. The King of Staten Island star recently traveled to California for his birthday. Photo on Instagram showed him with Kim, Kim's mother Kris Jenner, and rap icon Flavor Flav. A spinoff of the television series How I Met Your Mother is going to star Hilary Duff. How I Met Your Father will see Duff as the main protagonist following the same format of the original series. Duff's character Sophie will be joined by an eccentric bunch of friends and romantic interests to tell the story of how she meets the father of her son. The star-studded cast includes Sex in the City alum Kim Cattrall and Josh Peck of Drake and Josh. The episode will be helmed by original series director Pam Fryman. Original series creators Carter Bays and Craig Thomas are rejoining the staff as well. How I Met Your Mother is set to premiere January 18th on Hulu. Fans are getting their first look at the upcoming Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, the trailer starring Tom Holland debuted Tuesday night. In it, fans see Holland's Peter Parker battle villains from different universes. This comes after he enlists the help of Doctor Strange to erase the public's memory that he is the web-slinging superhero. The new movie reintroduces Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, Jamie Foxx's Electro, Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman, and Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. The actors are reprising their roles as villains from different Spider-Man movies where Holland did not play the lead. Spider-Man No Way Home is in theaters on December 17th, and tickets go on sale on November 29th. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is pitching himself as the next James Bond. Speaking to Esquire, Johnson made his argument for why he should take over the role as Daniel Craig's tenure ends. He noted his grandfather Peter Malvia played a Bond villain in You Only Live Twice, and he wants to follow in his footsteps. Johnson insisted he has to be 007 and doesn't want to be a villain. His grandfather's movie came out in 1967 when Sean Connery was playing the British MI6 agent. 
Movie studio Miramax is suing Academy Award-winning director Quentin Tarantino after his plans to release non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, based on his 1994 film Pulp Fiction. Tarantino announced earlier this month that he plans to release seven NFTs, including scenes from an early script that were cut from the final version of the film. They'll also feature Pulp Fiction art and commentary from Tarantino. Miramax says it's in its discussions about creating NFT partnerships based on its film library. The studio argues that Tarantino's agreement devalues those plans. An original cast member on the hit Fox show 911 is leaving following the COVID vaccine mandate. Rockman Dunbar is exiting the show after more than four seasons, with his character abruptly written off the show in Monday's night's episode. Deadline reports Dunbar requests a medical and religious exemption to avoid new COVID protocols on the show, requiring all actors to be vaccinated, which were denied. Dunbar released a statement to Deadline saying his beliefs and medical history are very intimate and he looks forward to what the future holds. I'm Brandon Searles and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.